Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hour number two of Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. In the next half hour of the show, a man who turned down the lead for the Netflix series Night Agent will join us in mere moments. And the Oilers going agent provocateur and making a trade for Jaden Grube, former New York Rangers third-round pick. We'll hear from Jaden coming up as well. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it. Open 24-7, 365. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Is... Uh, we tell you, Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. LMA is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Yes, uh, The Night Agent is a very popular series on Netflix. Um, and uh, little known fact, our next guest, Al May, turned down the lead role in that. Al, I mean, you're a good-looking guy. You're in great shape. You could have done it, right? <laughs> Well, I hope I could. <laughs> I just, I just, don't, I just don't know how to act. Yeah, well, that's, that's, all, there your, is, that's that, all there is to it. That, that's your problem is you're a little too brutally honest at times. I know you were keeping an eye on the uh, provincial election here too in Alberta. Uh, I mean, you're living, you've lived all these years in Washington and in Texas, uh, and, and just the, the whole political nature. So I thought, I, I, have you seen the show Netflix on, uh, or the, the show The Night Agent on Netflix? No, I haven't. Not yet, but I guess I'm going to go and look who I lost out to here in a few minutes as soon as I get back to my house. The dude looks a bit like you did when you were about 22, 23. That's why I was... uh, It's it's pretty funny. Uh, The worst-kept secret uh, in hockey was that Spencer Carberry was going to get the Washington Capitals job. He coached their farm team. He was seen as one of the best young up-and-coming assistants. You know this guy from his time in the Caps organization. Why was he the right choice for Brian McClellan. Well, I don't know why they interviewed anyone else. I guess it was just common courtesy or I, I don't know what it was all about because basically he's been interviewing with the Caps for about eight or nine years. You know, he coached the South Carolina Stingrays, uh, the Caps ECHL affiliate. He coached the Hershey Bears and he went to Toronto. And everyone has always spoken so highly of him from, you know, you know upper management, management, the scouting staff, the guys who have coached with them, the players that he's had. And then he went to Toronto. They had a pretty good power play. But then again, that's kind of like running the Caps power play for years. It's going to score goals with the amount of talent, but he's going to bring in some innovative ideas. He's coming in from you know, probably the, the number one boilerplate uh, in the National Hockey League in Toronto with the way the media and the hounding of it and the pressure that goes along there and the scrutiny that you face. So I, I just think, you know, going with the younger player, who's been around, he's been in the big market of Toronto now, come to Washington, he's got familiarity with all of the superstars that are there from being around in camp and everything. And, you know, this is a team that has to transition to a younger roster. You can't just continue to go with, you know, six 30-plus-year-old defensemen, 30-year-old goalies, and, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 forwards that are all 30 and above. Uh, They've got to start integrating young players, and you need guys who have actually been, communicating and coaching with the younger players that that are mentors and and teachers and communicators and that's the biggest thing that i think some of the older coaches forget about 
is how important it is to teach and communicate. It's not just that they forget about it. They just came from a different era. Like, kids are just different today, you know? Like, I look at Jay Woodcroft, and Al, I know you were a fan of him getting the opportunity when he did. The Oilers have the second-best record in the NHL since he became the head coach. In the last 48 years, Jay Woodcroft has the best record of any coach that's coached more than 100 games in the NHL. The only guy that's had a better record in the last 50 years is Tom Johnson, who was with the Bruins when they were an absolute wagon back in the early 1970s. I look at Calgary, and I'm like, why wouldn't they hire Mitch Love or Ryan Huska? I look at the Rangers, and I go, I know it's New York. It's a big job. It's a big market. Why wouldn't they hire Knobloch? Like, to me, this just makes way too much sense for Washington going with Carberry. It's the way of the future in the league. Well, you know, there are old coaches that are great communicators, but I just think what happens with some of the older guys, they get set so set in their ways and in their patterns that they, you know, they don't bother communicating, and it's my system is the only system. They don't adapt, they don't change, and I think it's important to innovate. And you know, we look at, you know, there was the trap era that kind of ruined hockey for the longest of time, and you know, any chimpanzee or you know any you know far, farmyard animal could have coached teams back then with the, you know how they had dumbed the game down so much, and then you know coaches started to, you know there were certain coaches that started to create and coach offense which was, you know, forever. It was just defense, defense, defense. Well, you still got to score the game-winning goal. So I think innovative ideas with the younger players and experimenting in the American Hockey League. And once again, you're taking players that are one bad game of going to the ECHL or even worse, uh, you know, half your roster in the American League, and then the other half is one or two or three good games from going up to the NHL, and then you bring in your disgruntled vets who get sent down and you're dealing with a lot of different personalities, more so when you're an American Hockey League coach. And I really, you know, I don't think you should be bringing coaches out of junior hockey because it's a little bit different when you take those first-rounders, those second-rounders, third-rounders, and all of a sudden you're paying them, you know, the big signing bonus and they're getting a salary. All of a sudden a lot of these guys know more just by getting that paycheck. They become, you know, more stubborn. Uh, It's just I think they can be hard to communicate with, and you've got to learn how to, you know, crack the code with those players. So, I think the communication of guys in the American Hockey League. So I, I don't. I, I think it. You know, pretty much every single guy should have to be there. That's a coach in the National Hockey League. Should have had to coach in the minor leagues, uh, not junior A minor leagues, not college so much minor leagues. And then you I'm with work you. At, at it from there, and you work at it from there. You earn your stripes like the players down there have to. All right, I got to put you on the spot here in terms of. Uh, I'm looking at the caps right now. Do we expect both Baxter and Kuznetsov back next year in Washington? Well, you know what? So Backstrom, I think it, they they owe it to him, in my opinion. Uh, last year, he got ready just to come back from that hip surgery. So it wasn't like he got he trained to have a great season. He trained to be able to prove that he could get back on the ice and, and that his hip would function. So now I think with this summer, you know, he's going to work out. He's going to train like he's getting ready for a season, not like he's rehabbing. And I would say the same for Tom Wilson. So I expect Nick Baxter to be back. I don't know what to believe of all the Kuznetsov rumors that I've seen out there. Um, he's still around town. He didn't go back to Russia. He's been training. He's been doing all types of different things. So, you know, one of the things, don't forget, they won the Stanley Cup with these guys. Uh, you know, Woodcroft, you know, he had the best record, but he didn't win a Stanley Cup. And none of the players really on the Oilers have won a Stanley Cup. Fair comment. So you still have, you still have to fall back on that. You know, like I, I'm a big believer in being loyal. 
I don't think as loyal as the Islanders were in, you know, the 80s with what they how they let their roster go. But I, I still think Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, John Carlson, they won him a Stanley Cup. And, you know, it might be the farewell tour for those guys. I don't know how much great hockey they have left in them or good hockey they have left in them. But I don't believe in throwing them away. It was a hard, a lot of good hockey players, a lot of hardworking players, a lot of talented players work played for the Washington Capitals over the years but those are the guys that have their name on the Stanley Cup after 40 plus years and uh, I think Carlson still brings it every night if Obi's healthy he brings it every night Backstrom is a genius I just want to see him healthy and strong and like everyone else we want TJ Oshie to be healthy and be able to play every night not every second night you know the way that his game average has gone and then Evgeny Kuznetsov you want him to take it serious and bring his all-out incredible best every time he plays and it's not always there. So, you know, I'm not sure how much more they'll take of it. They need him to be at his best. Two years ago, he and Ovechkin carried the Capitals, uh, got him in the playoffs, and, you know, no, no one else really did their part. Those guys got him in with a, a roster that was decimated with injury. They had so many young players get their first goal, their first point, their first game ever in the National Hockey League, and they still had a 100-plus point season. So, you know, I don't know what to say about Kuznetsov and Backstrom, but I would expect Nick Backstrom, as stubborn as he is, he's ready to prove the world wrong that he can still yeah. play the game. Well, they were level. both, as you know, around minus 25. All right, so now here's where I put you on the spot. There's one guy you didn't mention. So Wilson's got a year left. I think we both see him getting re-signed by the Caps. He's 29 years of age. They made a deal to get Anthony Mantha. I think it's fair to say it hasn't worked out. I mean, he had a terrible season last year. 11 goals in 67 games, 27 points. He had 24 and 25 goal seasons in Detroit, fell out of favor there. Is this a player that the Caps would look to move this summer? Is this a, Can you get anything for him during the year? Because there's talent and ability with the player, and he's big, and he's not a chicken, you know what? Like, he will back it up if he has to. Well, you know what? I, I look at – I don't think the coach did him any favors, and I've said this on your show before. He was on every single power play in Detroit. Uh, he's got a bomb of a shot. He never got on the power play in D.C. He'd get out there 10, 15, 20 seconds. Um, and, and I think he lost his confidence along the way. And, you know, he, I just don't think he was put in a position to succeed. So you got a new coach, and I expect the new coach, if Matt is there, he's going to have to coach him up. Because I, I think it's a waste just to give up on a player who, who can do so many good things. He, you know, his fancy numbers are really good, not his statistical numbers that, you know, that everyone gets to read in the paper every night. But he, what he does do is he gets the puck in the zone and he's one of their best defenders. So now it's putting him in a position to use his offensive skills and playing fourth line left wing, fourth line right wing, third, like and having a different line every single night. And then I, I don't think he was held to the same standard as other players. Other players were, were getting away, in my opinion, with a lot of things that they shouldn't have been able to. And he was always the guy that paid the price. So he'd make he'd make one if you play, and that was uh, that was it for him. So I think no matter who the coach is, that's one of the things. They're going to say, can you succeed with this guy? So I, w- I would expect there's going to be someone that moves on this roster over the summer, maybe at the draft, but it may cost you to move those guys. And it may cost you a high draft pick that you don't want to part with. All depends what you're after, 
But I'd expect the Caps to be very interesting and very active over the course of the draft and free agency. All right, Al. Uh, look, you have a lot of history of George McPhee. He was the GM of that Caps organization. He built them up over the years. Uh, he and Kelly McCrimmon, some people think Kelly's a stone-cold killer out there. He's you know just a relentless, some say ruthless guy. I actually think that's a trait you want in a manager and an executive. Uh, Vegas is in the Stanley Cup final. They're always in the mix in the you know in the Pacific Division. Who do you got between Vegas and Florida? I'm going to go with the Panthers. Everyone's been doubting them the entire time. Uh, they knocked off to the first place team in the overall in the National Hockey League, then the fourth place team overall in the National Hockey League, and then the second place overall team in the National Hockey League. If I got all my numbers straight. People have been counting them out. They've had incredible goaltending from Sergei Bobrovsky, and I think their defensemen have been amazing. Getting the puck up and down the ice, relentless defensive hockey. Uh, they can all skate on their back end, and then their forwards all understand their roles. And they're not getting the same balanced scoring that Vegas is, and Vegas looks really impressive with what they've done offensively. But then again, the Panthers have been the best defensive team in the playoffs. Uh, they've been shutting teams down. They get under your skin. They wear you down. As the game goes on, they tire the opposition out. I felt like the Carolina Hurricanes were bagged. The, the further the games went on, they were totally bagged, totally gassed, and they couldn't compete. So I'm going to go with the Panthers because their goaltender has stepped up. He's been there every step of the way. Last game, uh, a couple games back, I didn't like the goals Aiden Hill was letting in. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick to this one. I'm going to stick with the Panthers. Not to dis- disrespect Vegas because they, they've proven a, quite a few people wrong in these playoffs. Uh, they've got timely goal scoring from certain guys, but I just think with the goaltending and the defense, and everyone keeps talking about the defense of uh, Las Vegas, but I do not think that they've had to deal with anything like the forecheck, suffocating forecheck, the physical forecheck as well uh, of the Florida Panthers, and the likes of Matthew Kachuk and Bennett uh, forechecking with Cousins. They're going to have to deal with a lot. Great stuff, Al. Thanks for your time. Take care. That's Al May, longtime Washington Capitals broadcaster. 119 in Edmonton. When we come back, the newest member of the Oilers organization, Red Deer Rebels captain Jaden Grube. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now. About uh, two months ago, Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff uh, had a little bit of a run on some WHL players. Funny how that works out. Uh, reported that uh, the New York Rangers weren't going to be signing Jaden Grubb and were looking to uh, potentially trade his rights. Um, well, bottom line is it happened today. The Edmonton Oilers moving a fifth-round pick. So Edmonton has his rights now. they got to get them signed by tomorrow. I would suggest to you that if you've gone down this path, you probably know the course of action that's going to take place. We've kept our eyes on Red Deer for 20-plus years. My buddy Greg McConkey worked in the organization uh, for Brent Center for a number of years. Uh, of course, Cam Moon is one of the Oilers' two radio voices now. Does 65 games a year with me. And uh, we are pleased to uh, go off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and and talk to the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers organization, the captain of the Red Deer Rebels, Jaden Group. Hello, Jaden. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Just to start, pronunciation on the last name. It It, it is Groob, right, and not Groobe? Yeah, that's correct. All right. So that, now that we've got that under control, now the uh, million-dollar question, because I've already got lots of fans that are tweeting me, uh, concerned, okay, the Oilers traded for the rights here. Uh, yeah. Uh, the agency that you're with right now? Uh, Titan. Okay, you're with Titan, and the agent that represents you? 
uh, Kevin up. Okay. Do we envision that something will be consummated with the Oilers at some point? There will be a signed contract by the end, end of today. Um, yeah, something's in the works right now. That's uh, kind of all that can be said as of now. Okay. There we yeah. go. Something's in the yeah. works. Well, don't yeah. grind too hard. So tell me about, you know, look, uh, were you surprised when Cerebelli had that report out there a couple months ago that uh, you might end up uh, getting some interest around the league that some teams were looking at you? Um, yeah, a little bit, I guess. I didn't uh, really know before that until um, I had seen that. So, yeah, it was uh, – Kind of a little shocking, but uh, try not to think too much of it. New York, uh, New York Rangers draft choice now traded to the Edmonton Oilers today for a fifth-round pick. Jaden Groove joins us, the captain of the Red Deer Rebels. Educate our fan base. How would you describe yourself as a player? Yeah, I think I'm a good uh, 200-foot player. I like to play physical. Um, we use my speed and skill around the net and down low, and um, you know, kind of pitching everywhere I can, whether it's. Uh, blocking shots, killing penalties, taking face off. So um, just like to say my game's uh, just an overall good player and uh, compete compete hard. Are there a couple players that you patterned your game after or was there, uh, you know, were there players that you looked up to uh, maybe when you were younger? Um, yeah, I guess like one of the guys would be uh, Jerome McGinley. When I was younger, I'd look up to him. Um, kind of did everything. He was a good leader as well. So, um, kind of guys like that. Um, and then now throughout the league, a uh, couple different guys, you know, um, like a, even a Kachuk type player like that. Um, someone who kind of bring, brings everything and competes every game. So that's uh, kind of a guy I like to to look at and try and play like. Well, it's interesting, Jaden, because I've always been a believer. Uh, you know, I used to do the recruiting with Rob Dom. We'd go down to Red Deer before the Edmonton Oil Kings were even in the, the Western Hockey League and, and go watch guys play. And I could see the shift take place in the Western League where it used to be in the, you know, from the middle of the 70s until probably about the, the late 90s where the WHL produced physical, tough players and and there's been a real emphasis on skill and you have some skill but i don't think kids today are quite as competitive as maybe they they're more skilled there's no question but i don't know like you look at your numbers there's not a lot of guys out there that rack up you know and you played on a tough team this year because you had lots of guys over 70 penalty minutes but man oh man 25 years 30 years ago in the whl you might have six guys with over 150 penalty minutes on a team yeah now you might only have a couple with over you know 50 or 60 and that's so that's just part of your game right is that that compete that you have yeah i think it's just kind of natural for me i don't uh it's not anything i think about so i think um and especially playing um, in Red Deer for, for Brent and the Sutters there. That's something that's kind of built into you is through the last couple of years is uh, the compete and bring it every game and not, not just the skill side, but also um, you know, when you're competing like that, your skill shines through. So that's uh, something that I've kind of learned to get good at. You had a 67-point season this year, 49 assists. Uh, who, were your, who were your line mates that uh, spent most of the time getting your passes? Uh, yeah, it switched a little bit, but uh, Jace Isley, who's a 20-year-old forward that we played the last couple of seasons uh, mostly together, and then uh, kind of switched between uh, Jet Larson was with us a little bit, and then uh, Ben King towards the end of the season there, he was with us as well. He was out with an injury for most of the season, though. So, uh, 
But uh, me and Ozzy were together for a bit, so we got had some good chemistry. Ben King had a 50-goal season last year as a fourth-round pick of the Anaheim Ducks. Let's see whether or not they end up getting him signed. Uh, that might be an interesting guy. Might end up going, who knows, as an outside chance he ends up using sports. So what happens for you? What do you, what do you need to improve on? I think you're probably headed to the American League next year as a 20. Um, but, uh, you know, what's been communicated to you in terms of uh, in order for you to get to the next level as a pro player? Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's a lot of it starts with uh, off the ice and getting a little stronger and uh, quicker. Probably the speed speed aspect and working on my skating is still um, something I can you know everyone can always work on. But I think uh, that'll be a big focus for me this summer is uh, the speed and then also um, the scoring touch is also you know you need that at every level. So continue to work at that. Great stuff, Jaden. Look, we appreciate you turning this around quickly today. Uh, best of luck getting that deal worked out. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You bet. That's the captain of the Red Deer Rebels, uh, Jaden Groob, who joins the Edmonton Oilers organization. The Oilers move a fifth-round pick, and he says, and I quote, something is in the works. Firm, hard, competitive player. Not timid. We don't see, like, there's lots of guys with skill. You want the guys that compete. This guy competes. And I think that's got some people excited here. 129 in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back in Oilers Now, uh, we will talk to David Staples from the Cult of Hockey and the Provincial Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal.